the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire financial technology industry. Today we are joined by Zara Ransley, co-founder and co-CEO of My Pocket Skill. My Pocket Skill is an award-winning Gen Z platform enabling young people aged 13 to 22 to become more financially capable and earn, save and learn about money with the help of behavioural science. Zara is multi-award winning, so let me just share a few. Uh, Global Female Fintech Competition 2021 winner, uh, winner of the Women in Innovation Award 2021 and winner of Innovate UK Design Foundations Competition. So today she is here to tell us more. Zara, welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me and giving me this opportunity. Um, so tell us a bit about your role, co-founder, co-CEO. I bet that means uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I focus in particular on people because I'm a people's person. So everything which falls under kind of umbrella of relationship, business development, working with investors, working with our team, I kind of largely run with. And tell us about the app itself and what this app does, because it's, it's award-winning and it sounds like it's really filling a, a void that we had in the marketplace. Yeah, it, it, uh, thank you for asking this. So first of all, I think what's important to say is why, or we'll sort of lead with a why. Gen Zs, we know two things about them. So first of all, they want independence, and that means um, a bit of responsibility, a bit of earning of their own money, but also when we look forward at that generation, and there is a lot of research out there, Gen Zs would have to borrow a lot of money in order to be able to afford basic things. So we basically focus on building what we call financial capabilities. So financial capabilities uh, of young people have a number of um, points. So first of all, it's knowledge, so knowing about financial education. Secondly, financial education, just like um, healthy eating and exercise, is very much habits-based. So it's really important to start early in life. Um, thirdly, it's infrastructure. So when young people join us, they join us to earn, save and learn about money. And they also get a bank account at the same time. And the reason being is that if, if you get a bank account at the age of 13, you never become underbanked. So it's having all those bits, you know, knowledge, habits, uh, infrastructure together in order to be able to enable them to basically uh, be financially capable. Mm. It sounds like such a fantastic app and I you know I love everything you're saying there. In particular the bits about building habits from a young age because this is going to change and define people's lives and it's just such such an important mission you're on. Let's go back a bit. Tell me about your background. Um you've done a lot of work in the financial services sector um that's got you to this point. So it'd be lovely to hear a bit about that. Yeah. So I came to the UK as a teenager myself. I was studying and then I ended up in the financial services sector. It wasn't hugely by design, it just happened to be. And I largely spent time covering equities, so actually advising investors on what to invest into. So that should have equipped me quite well for fundraising and mm. all of this. So I was a top-rated equity analyst for 15 years, largely covering equities, but also a little bit debt after London Business School, where I did my MBA, I sort of looked at the fixed income side. And yeah, it was an incredibly rewarding experience. You definitely sort of learn a lot. Yeah, and it's, it's brought you to um, everything that you do today. So 
you know, what is the, the long-term vision and what's next for my pocket skill? Because I can imagine this could, this could and should be everywhere. Yeah, so, so there are short-term goals and there are long-term goals. So short-term goals, um, we know that you know, our platform will now have 25,000 users. We're growing 15% months on months. We generate revenues and we have a product. And so far, we largely have been funded by Innovate UK, which is UK Innovation Agency, which has been great. We know what's working now and uh, we are now focusing on doing a few things, which is basically improving user experience and really growing even faster than what we have been. So for that, we're fundraising. So this is kind of short-term thing. Long-term, we're looking out at being on every team's uh, phone uh, and enabling everyone to be able to access our platform and to be able to earn because earning is a hook that's how young people join us because they want to earn and then save and learn about money a longer term we're really interested in the US we think culturally it really makes sense and from infrastructure perspective so I've, I went to San Francisco twice in May and we're starting to scope but it's still a little oh, bit exciting. away uh, so yeah well good uh, luck with that yeah and anything that we can do to help get that message across across the water would be wonderful so just looking at, at your career and, and all these goals together what would you say have been your biggest lessons in your career that that are now really defining what, what you do now yeah, so, so what we do now is quite disruptive. Uh, it's something which um, is category defining and it's something which haven't really existed before. And I think you have to be quite bold and quite brave to do this. So um, looking back, I think there are two key lessons. One is once you've done your research, once you've really looked into it and once you're convinced, you have to go, you have to really go uh, with conviction and you have to really focus on what you're doing and keep going. There is no place for doubt once you kind of, uh, once you, you've made your decision and you've decided. So that's very much how I, I, I worked in investment banking with research is um, you, you have to do the work to get the conviction, but then you're kind of moving. And the second thing is being, I guess, relationships is a key thing, being in the right room with the right people at the right time. So right now it's, talking to people, spreading the message, it's meeting the right people. So yeah, very much, very much. Those mm. two are the key, yeah. key lessons. That's really, um, really helpful to hear because I think, you know, every experience can help you learn and better yourself for, for what's next in your, in your career journey. Now, these podcasts that we record, I always introduce it as we're here today to walk the talk for change. And, you know, you don't just talk about change for inclusion and financial inclusion. You are walking that talk and it's super inspiring to hear everything that you've done, achieved and all these plans that you've, you've got for what's next. The people listening to this podcast, what can they do to include better and what do you want to see more of people um, when, they, when they start talking about inclusion? Yeah, so this is a really, really good and important question. So there are two things uh, in, in, in my view. There is policy and then there is bias. So with policy, uh, just to give an example, so for example, venture capitalist funds, uh, they are now looking to have an access to pension funds and kind of direct a bit more of that money into early stage startups, which is absolutely great, all for it. However, with that has to be transparency because ultimately it's our money and 
truly transparency, how much does go to diverse founders, how much goes to female founders, how the decision-making process is made, and look at the data, take everything out, just look at the data and at the performance, and you will see that female and diverse founders and groups perform at least on par and better than the opposite. So that's one. And two, it's biases. And biases is really difficult. So just to give you an example, what happened to me a few weeks ago. So I received uh, an email from uh, another female founder. She's currently raising. I read her email and her stats look amazing. Like, you know, it's like some of the stats were like in millions and hundreds of thousands. So you look at it and the thought which I have, which goes through my mind as I look at it is, why has she not raised yet? And I kind of visualize how she's a lovely, lovely woman as she now raised. And she comes across very uh, light and very, and my thought process, and I'm another female founder, I often get this question asked, you know, and that was my thought process. So biases are really difficult because we all have biases. So it's sort of catching yourself and also very consciously coming to a decision, what are you going to do about it? So for me, it was look at the data, look at the stats, and then take some steps to really help and promote. So it, it's difficult. It's, we are all conditioned. And, and one more point. So kind of related to policy, but really it's more about accountability. So there is a lot in the news about greenwashing and how important it is that people who claim that they are ESG focused, that there, there is some, again, proof and data. So diversity washing, how we started calling it internally, is actually a very similar phenomenon. We have so many people speaking up and talking about it, but actually, when you look in practice, what is being done. So there are loads of initiatives there. But sadly, a lot of them are lip service. It's still it's still good. It still obviously get the message out and it still gets the conversation going. But again, nothing is more powerful than putting your money uh, behind it and walking that talk. So so yeah. So it's kind of again data and looking at what do those funds, those people, those companies do about it in, in practice. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you shared those examples, because I think that there's so many people across this industry that they, they want to get better. They're not sure how, but actually just hearing that story and then just taking a moment and thinking back, how have you behaved in the last week? What assumptions have you made? What what bias have you allowed to trickle in? However, inclusive you are trying to be. Um, I think that's incredibly, incredibly useful. And you know, thank you for, for, for coming in today and talking us through everything that you do at My Pocket Skill. If people want to get um, in touch with you, um, if people want to follow up from this conversation, what's the best way? Uh, yeah, email uh, zara at mypocketskill.com and website, LinkedIn, you know, any methods, I'm very... And get that app downloaded. Yeah, completely, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Women of Fintech podcast series. It's been brilliant having you in. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you.